0: Hey, it's Scott Orner, of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal, it saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like we see a lot of startups coming in The Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting, in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. From
1: Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Holmes.
0: Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guests are Ron Bland and Dylan Castro of AEIS Advisors. Welcome, guys.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. yeah thanks. So, uh, Ron, you've, you've been doing this for a while. You look young, but you have a lot of experience. Can you tell us how you had the idea for starting AS,
1: yeah, back in '85, I was doing life insurance for business owners, for estate planning, for estate taxes, or for estate liquidity, so they could keep uh, their children all sane equally. Mm. <laughs> and they all came up with the same thing, asking me about health insurance, and they find that they were paying too much, and they weren't getting quality for their service that they were paying for, and that was back in '85. And so we just started working with more and more businesses and kind of working, focusing now more on startups because that's the economy
0: in this area. Yep. And you guys are one of the last like independent firms, right? That's a big deal in your industry.
1: Yeah. There's been a huge consolidation, a lot of mergers and acquisition, a lot of private equity money buying them out. at unreal multiples yes, but we like our independence hey, we don't
0: that's good for you in the long term <laughs> we don't play well with others <laughs> <laughs> And Dylan, how did you end up at AAS?
2: Uh, well I was recruited into AEIS by Ron um, he's worked with other producers in the past uh, which is benefits consultant what yeah. I do. But hadn't brought somebody on that was sort of a junior associate uh, to learn learn the ropes from them and, and eventually, you know, work with a lot of our, our clients who are facing different challenges, new things. And it's kind of nice to be able to be new blood in a very old industry that has a lot of, you know, uh, status quo yeah. kind of going on in it.
0: You also have a great mentor and someone to learn from. So. Indeed. And, and for the folks in the audience, uh, I was talking to my friend Matt Donaldson at Rippling and Hit, the bottom line is you guys are the best brokers in the area who work with startups. And so I wanted to have you on the podcast, A, so I can learn more about it, and B, so our audience can learn more about it. Because the podcast often end up as like kind of a tutorial for our CEOs. And so let's kind of cover all the different health benefits, ancillary benefits, and the things that are happening in industry. And we'll go from there. Sounds good. Cool. So everyone always probably starts focusing on health benefits, like medical benefits. So when someone... Like me comes to you and says, "Hey, I need. Can you do an audit? Can you can you check my benefits? Or hey, I need to set something up. How do you kind of walk them through the process? And what are the important things to focus on?"
1: So one of the key things it's kind of like a restaurant that has a high lease payment. It's kind of like for employee oh. benefits is what's your contribution modeling? Are you paying ninety to ninety five percent for employees and no more than fifty percent for dependents? And the reason I say that is. The lock over there only keeps the honest person out on the front door. (laughs) And so if I pay 100% for everybody, as you start to grow, people will take your benefits even though it's free. But if you charge people, say, $25 a month or, and still pay 100%, then they won't take your employee benefits. We don't like going more than 50% for dependents because we end up subsidizing our competition because people will bring their dependents over to you and cut a side deal out with their employer.
0: For oh, benefits. wow. I didn't know they could do that. So the general, the average venture capital startup kind of does, what, 90% and 50% employee employee payments or paying for the employees on benefits?
1: Most of the... Uh, the startups we do now are well-funded, yeah. so they have to do that because you know, the people are 28 to 32. They're starting to have kids, so we need to contribute for dependence if we want to keep them. It's not like 2008 where people were lucky to have a job. It's extremely competitive. We're seeing a lot of people go out of state to get people for that aspect, but it's all about retaining people and keeping them. And A lot of times you're picking off people from a, one of the fangs. Um, and That's so we Facebook,
0: have to, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, sales Apple. Salesforce, yeah. yeah,
1: everybody. So yep. it, so when you start to get those highly compensated engineers, you need to offer, you can't just offer, you know, as a typical bootstrap, employee-only benefits. It's yep. not really
0: appropriate. Yep. 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 We see that, too. Like, we typically recommend, if you're recruiting the top engineers in the Valley, you're going to be 100% coverage. Correct. And really take care of people and make sure they're good. Is that kind of the same thing you're seeing?
2: Yeah, it is definitely what we see. And I think adding on to what Ron said, One of the things I caution a lot of startups about, to think about it from the perspective of when you're setting up those initial contributions, it's a lot easier to later on say, hey, you know, we're going to go from doing 50% for dependents all the way up to 75% for dependents or or some kind of increase on Mm -hmm. the contribution. Mm -hmm. It's a lot tougher of a conversation when you're a couple years down the line and you have to tell everybody, hey, we're going from paying 100% of your benefits to now 75% because it becomes a pay cut and – uh, it certainly
0: doesn't go over very yeah, well with the people employees. don't always like that. Yeah, I totally get that. And so when you're looking at the different plans, like what are you seeing are the most popular plans, most popular carriers, providers? What do you see in the market right now?
1: So the plans are kind of like the Olympics. There's gold, silver, and bronze. Yep. Gold is the best. Silver's normal. Bronze is cheap to buy, expensive to use unless it's an HSA. And then platinum is more for somebody that's, that came from a FANG or somebody that sees the doctors four to six times a month is kind of what we're seeing more in the marketplace for that. Um, Blue Cross is very startup friendly uh, for that asset, but all the carriers are, you know, there's only a handful of carriers versus the 50 when I came back in 85. Oh, wow. There's just a handful anymore. Yeah. Uh, Anthem or,
0: Blue Cross is one of the ones that, that we we'll see quite a bit. Absolutely, yes.
1: yep. Yeah, they work very well out of state, as does Blue Shield, United Healthcare, and Cigna.
0: Yeah, and do you see people opting for, like, the PPOs, the HMOs at Blue Cross, or how? Do, what do people typically do? In Northern
1: California is PPO country. Yeah. Um, Sutter's up here, so they're very predominant. So Northern California is PPO, where if we have people that have satellite offices in Southern California, Southern California is very hmo Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: What's... Cause that? What's the difference?
1: Well, I feel that it's up here, Sutter is predominant. Uh And so down in Southern California, the HMOs, they
2: compete. So there's lower rates on the HMO side.
0: Yeah. And Dylan, can you maybe explain what a PPO is and what an HMO is so the audience understands the difference? Yeah,
2: sure. So I think traditionally people think of HMO, they think of something like Kaiser. And Kaiser is certainly not the only HMO, but the vast majority of HMO plans are going to be, in essence, narrower network, so you have a smaller list of providers that you're able to see. Uh, But ideally, the costs are a lot more controlled because of that. It stands for Health Maintenance Organization. Uh, PPO, which stands for Preferred Provider Organization, uh, allows people to have a little bit more free access to a number of different medical groups and carriers. But because of that, you have a lot more players involved as far as the medical groups you can see, so the costs are usually a little higher. But some people prefer that, especially if they have... More, you know, acute diseases or, or other health concerns that they yep. have to worry about. They want to be able to go see a specialist without having a referral. Be able to go to different medical groups, move in and out, you know, as opposed to being sort of strictly with one.
0: Yep, that makes total. Or maybe the age groups. Yeah, younger people do HMO, older people do PPO because they're getting sick more often and things like that.
1: Thousand percent. We see a lot of people that are on pregnancy that they'll. They'll pick the platinum plan to start off with because it has a low out-of-pocket. Then after the child, they'll downgrade to the gold. Or they'll switch to the HMO for a year because it's $500 a day hospitalization or admission fee.
0: Yep, makes total sense. And then you mentioned Kaiser. That's the big HMO we see in Northern California, which people often choose. Is that is that consistent with what you guys are seeing?
1: Yeah, they have about 53% market wow. share. Wow. They're, they're getting more and more. But you know, usually 20% of any groups in this area likes Kaiser.
2: It's usually 20%.
0: And and is it possible for startups to choose kind of both, like make that available for Anthem Blue Cross and Kaiser?
2: Yeah. In fact, going back to your question earlier about trends that we see, I think that the biggest or one of the biggest ones is that we see a lot of companies wanting to offer a lot of flexibility to their employees. Some employees want to have Kaiser maybe not even for the cost reason only, but they might just be comfortable knowing I can just go to the big building that says Kaiser <laughs> and know that I'm covered there. As yep. opposed to with a you know PPO, you might have a little bit more of an arduous pro- uh, process of finding which providers you can which see. Doctor, and yeah. It just makes it more involved, and, and some people prefer to have it be maybe a little bit more autopilot. But yeah, there are there are a lot of ways that people can have a mixture, and I think that that's maybe the again one of the things we come across the most, especially with small startups, there are. Companies like, uh, like you know, CalChoice or Covered California for small business that make it convenient because then there's not any any need for there to be a certain amount of participation with one carrier or another. Whereas if you work directly with Kaiser and Blue Cross, for example, you, you know one company or the other is going to want a certain percentage of the people yep. with them. Yeah, um, is
0: that do. because of just economics or adverse selection, or why do they? make that demand.
2: I would say it's more the latter. What Mm -hmm. you just said, adverse selection. The Affordable Care Act's kind of made things a lot more interesting for carriers in that respect because they have what's called now, in small group, everything's guaranteed issue, meaning that, you know, right, you've probably heard before that the Affordable Care Act banished things like pre-existing condition clauses in health insurance contracts. And so, they already have to deal with a lot of adverse selection just based on the, the government yeah. governance they that say we have no, now. Basically, kind of yeah, yeah. And, and so that's one of the ways that they can still sort of control that. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's the biggest reason.
1: Yeah, we find that over the years, when we first started off, the carriers wanted the hard fast seventy-five percent with the non-Kaiser, and now they all have relaxed participation. Uh, like we just want to get some of the group,
0: yeah, and, and hope to we... grow inside the group. Exactly, yeah, makes total sense. And then in terms of, like, other types of coverage, like vision, dental, you know, what do you guys recommend? What are you guys seeing out there? So vision and dental
2: are, they're interesting because I think, I'm going to speak to it in kind of different stages of startups, because, right, you have, I'm sure you guys come across this, there are some startups that are, you know, well past 15 or 20 employees that are still considering themselves small and growing, Um, but then there are really even the micro ones, the group of just three or four founders who just got funding and they're they're just starting to kind of make their way. With those smaller groups, there's a, certainly a lot less options or, or variety of options, I would say. That being said, you know, usually people just kind of want something kind of that checks the box in the yeah. beginning. You know, whether that's a Delta or a Guardian, some company that they usually have some name recognition with and they have maybe an experience. Oh, yeah, you know, when I worked at... Such and such company, I had, I had Guardian, or I yeah. had, uh, you know, Delta, or what have you. But as things move along, you know, once you once you get past 25, 30 employees, we start even looking at other opportunities for specifically for like dental, looking at whether it makes sense to self fund dental or other other sorts of, um, you know, rather than just sending dollars on a one way trip to an insurance carrier, kind of seeing if there's a, a better way economically to handle it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, is there, a, is there a threshold for self I didn't even know you could self-fund your, your dental. Is it like 30 employees and then it starts making sense for you or
2: I'd say like 20, 25 employees is where it starts being a conversation that maybe one would have, especially what we always look to do with clients who kind of hit that range. Is is look at what they call a loss ratio. So we, you know, with any insurance, right? There's always how much premium is an insurance carrier taking in, how much are they paying out in various claims, whatever kind of insurance it might be. And, and dental is one where you know you, you do see quite often where people might be in a in a range where. They're paying a lot more premium than they're sort of getting back, if yep, you will. Yep. And so being able to kind of look at that, look at those numbers and see if it makes sense. For some companies, it doesn't make sense. But uh, for some, it does. That's that's
0: um, really interesting. Yeah. I've heard of self-insured, like big companies, corporate companies, you know, self-insured. But I didn't know you could do that at kind of the 30, 40 person. Limit. Yeah. That's really interesting.
2: Well, dental can be an easy way to, for lack of a better phrase, to dip your toes into the water for that. <laughs> because, you know, with the dental plan, you're looking at a... 1000 to $2,000 benefit per person. So you have somewhat of a capped liability yep. with that yep. uh, versus with, you know, with the health part of the really big reason you have a health plan is to, is to kind of cover the ceiling, you kind know, of to make sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, you, any day you could wake up and have a you know million dollar health insurance claim and you want to make sure you're covered for yeah. that.
0: Makes total sense. So, so the, what's the bottom line advice? Like Ron, I'm a, A 20 person startup just raised my series a 10 million bucks. I'm taking over the world. Uh, I come to you and I need, I need health, I need dental, I need vision. Like what? And I'm in California, Northern California or LA. What are you going to, what are you going to put me on? So probably
1: what we want to do is establish a baseline. What will the company pay? Is probably the gold plan. We don't. We see a lot of companies do the platinum plan, and then a year later they have to downgrade or they start to grow. And I don't <laughs> want to play platinum for everybody. Um, for that aspect, the other item is we want to offer dental, vision, life, and disability. You know, dental everyone's used to. They're used to having it. It's really. It's not insurance. It's more of a financial arrangement with the insurance companies. Dylan was talking about dental.
0: doesn't Um, cover a ton, but at least you get your cleanings, right? But everybody
1: wants it. Every spouse wants it, that you have it, et cetera, for that. The vision is usually VSP. Um, even if it's with guarding or MET, you know, the VSP is like the gold standard in the vision area. Mm-hmm. Life insurance is usually one to two times salary or a flat 50000 But life insurance, you know, if I die, I have no more problems. I'm, everyone else does, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> for your family. Exactly. They might have an issue. <laughs> but, but, you know, you can go, you can get better rates. Yeah. But, but the other one I want is disability, because that's paycheck insurance. Because yep. I still have the credit card, I still have the rent, I still have the mortgage, I still have the car payment. So when we really take a look at it, we want to take a look at disability insurance. That's one of the key for raises of once we get a firm that size yeah. is really protecting the employees. Because if somebody gets cancer, I can either send them a get well card or I can send them a paycheck.
0: I love disability and life insurance. We actually put that in place at Cruz about 18 months ago. As we were having a child and I started thinking about this kind of stuff, but like maybe have you heard some nightmare scenarios where people didn't have disability or life insurance and then the company goes down or the key people... You know, something bad happens, they have to leave because they're not covered.
1: Exactly. The key is, um, you know, if, if one of the founders goes down their buy, seller, key person insurance, they usually yep. do that with one of the funding mechanisms yep. is that you, we have to insure the, the rainmaker Yep. Uh, for that. But more on the disability side is people don't really add disability or they just take the boilerplate information and then they see what could have been paid for a disability a claim didn't get paid because they didn't put the right phrase in. They didn't put the right contract language in, and that's when they corrected. We have a large CPA firm who shall remain nameless that that one of their partners didn't get paid because the right box wasn't checked.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So, we got referred to them.
0: Yeah, that might have been an easy sell for you.
1: Yeah, it was. But, but I, you know, it just wasn't correct, and so we got it fixed, et cetera. It wasn't explained to them correctly. A lot of times when people buy the life or disability they get it off the shelf they just don't really analyze what needs to get yeah, done yeah
0: yeah what what percentage of like venture startups are you seeing that actually do life and disability. Is that common or not common?
1: As they grow, yeah. you know they, they kind of go through, they get their funding, they get enough funding for the health, and then they start to add the dental, vision, life, and they get they want the bundled discounts. But usually it's because somebody happened to somebody in the past, and yep. that's why they want it. That's but it. we're starting mm-hmm. to see more and more now, especially as once you get above 15, 20 employees, you really need to protect your employees. Yep. The cost of disability is about the same as cost of dental. Well, I'd much rather have disability than death.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah, I was actually surprised at how inexpensive it was. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad we did that. So your bottom line advice is someone comes to you, Anthem Blue Cross or Kaiser HMO, determine the, the gold, silver, bronze and what you're gonna pay, and then something like Guardian and Delta. For Vision Dental? And yeah, then...
1: we shop all the markets. Everybody's yeah. hot. We like Blue Shield. Yeah. We like United Healthcare. We love Cigna. Cigna's a level-funded product if you're over 25. So you'll pay X number of dollars every month. You can never pay more than that. And if your claims work out well, you get 50% of the claims bucket yeah. back.
0: Maybe talk about just shopping the market a little bit, because I'm not sure people quite understand what goes into actually developing the plans and what's the best deal for the company? You know, for us and even our clients especially, mm-hmm. they're saying like, hey, what what should I get? And then it's usually Anthem Blue Cross or Kaiser. But what is actually shopping the plans? Like how do you work for them on their behalf to get them a better deal or, or more coverage per dollar? So with, the, with small group health plans,
2: a lot of times what we're looking to do is something what Ron just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, which is looking into sort of non-standard small group health plans, something like what, what's called a level-funded plan, for mm-hmm. example, and I, I won't get too technical unless you want me to, but with the Affordable Care Act, one of the things that changed with the health insurance aspect is that everything is determined, sort of predetermined cost-wise, as far as uh, any, any given employer is going to have if you go into five different brokers, gave them the same information, asked them to quote you the same plans, you should get five identical yeah, quotes. Yeah. Um, as far as the health insurance is concerned. So uh, that in, in that aspect there's not necessarily a whole lot of room to maneuver with a, a five person group with Kaiser, which we get that from uh, you know a lot of times we will have somebody that says, "Oh, well, you know, I have we, we have Kaiser bronze plans, we're paying a lot, how can we pay less?" Yeah. and you know, th- those folks will we'll do what we can, and but when you have a group that's maybe, like Ron said, that's approaching that 20 or 30 threshold, we start looking at different funding mechanisms to kind of give the company a little bit more of a, you know, more of a fair shake at it, because w- what the reason that these small group plans are priced the way they are is that basically everybody in a county is kind of grouped together. Oh, that's how so, they do the pool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they go by employer zip code. um, it also has to do with if the firm has employees out of state.
2: Well, if they have firm, uh, employees out of state, you know, ideally we will look at, obviously, ways to get them covered because it happens more frequently than you'd like to know <laughs> where where they're not adequately oh, wow. covered. Or, y- you know, we can look at, again, if a, especially if we're looking at a kind of a non-standard, especially like these level-funded plans or some degree of self-funding, You know, we live in one of the areas here in the Bay Area uh, that's one of the most expensive, uh, not only obviously from cost of living standpoint, but even the the different medical groups here, the different physicians, providers are some of the most expensive. And so when we have a group that's, you know, very out of state laden, their claims are usually going to be a little bit lower by comparison when it comes to to that. Or, you know, there's other ways such as um, something we, you know, see some other clients. Well, here in California, there could be, a plan that's a select or, oh. or a very narrow plan as far as the, the provider groups that are available to you, but then outside of the state that select network here in California might be a full network outside of state. Oh, Blue Cross is a big one, we see that with Blue Cross and Blue Shield because here in California they're this uh, separate companies and a lot of other states are the same company, so if you have a narrow network plan here in California if you have an out-of-state employee on that same plan, they have access to all the Blue Cross Blue Shield providers essentially Got it. in That's
0: that state. In that state, that makes total mm-hmm. sense. Well, you you brought it up actually the the remote aspect and startups are doing that a ton now, including us. Like we've mm-hmm. almost all of our hiring is out of state now because we just find really awesome people and it's just it's easier to find them and and they enjoy working with great startups. But how has that shift? How has that trend kind of shifted? your guys's business and the, and the services you provide?
1: So what happens is is that we've had um, HR and we have um, an ERISA attorney on retainer because when you're out of states, it's a different set of rules for every state for mm-hmm. that aspect. So one of the things that we've come involved with is most of the firms have what they call telemedicine. We call it virtual urgent care so that people can go and talk to their, a doctor and get their results online. But when it comes down to the health insurance for the people out of state, we need to find out if it's Blue Cross or Blue Shield. They have reciprocal with other states, mm-hmm. but other states, we other carriers, we only want to deal that have a national presence because so, there's some carriers that just are not appropriate. For out-of-state
0: people. You could end up with, with your out-of-state people not covered.
1: It's a very limited... When you hear the word limited or select, that means skinny, narrow, <laughs> hardly any doctor. Limited or select is not a good phrase in the insurance
0: I industry. I love it. I love it. When a startup comes to you and is like, hey, we're, we got to grow our headcount 50% next year, and the only way we're going to be able to do it is hiring in you know all the states across the country... How do you what do you what do you tell them like what's what's the answer for them
1: so if they're more than 51 percent then we're limited to the number of carriers mm. like we could write a group and they have more than 51 percent but then they get the chance of getting audited or recertified so then we have to put them with the right carrier so if they say have 25 percent in California and 75 percent spread out we have to do the anal- analysis to make sure that we put them with the right carrier got it so it's more sustainable for
0: that aspect got it so l- once you go remote you're probably going to go remote harder as you get used to and as it starts working. So are you seeing that, like the growth outside of California actually, or New York, because New York's another place where we have a lot of clients accelerating or how's it looking from your guys's?
1: Yeah, New York is Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. So if I have Blue Shield or Blue Cross here, they get access and network out there. We've actually placed a couple of groups with PEOs because they have so many people. There's no real domicile, not in California, but et cetera. So we work with Trinet and Sparity on more of finding them the, the appropriate ones. Because if I start to get like, 10 or 12 or 15 different states now how am i going to keep track of all those different laws etc for
0: that yeah maybe talk a little bit about a peo and the service they provide don yeah so
2: peo stands for professional employment organization a lot of people are probably most familiar with trinet they have you know a lot of billboards around here in the mm-hmm. bay area a lot of advertisements basically the point of the peo model is to group a number of like employers together um, they enter what's called a co-employment relationship with uh, with somebody like a Trinet or an Insperity or whatever the company is, and ideally the value proposition of that is that they you know receive a lot of human resources, administrative, payroll help, and then benefits, um, and, and usually workers' comp are kind of added into those. Uh, we work with you know these these PEO companies as kind of an ally in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, and. Uh, we kind of explained this a little bit off air, but we've had instances where on the PEO side, um, it can be nice to have, we can sort of act as another advocate. We've had instances where maybe a client had an issue that they weren't able to sort of get resolution on and they were able to come to us because we helped place them with a said PEO and we were able to kind of escalate the issue, make sure that it was addressed and that that things get properly processed afterwards. Um, We had one instance where we had somebody who had an employee in Texas that was getting California state taxes withheld from their
0: their oh, uh, yeah. paycheck? That happens and, more you guys, more than people know. Yeah, I, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. the uh, old refund and rerun kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> And and so with something like that for example we had you know this employer that was um kind of hair on fire about that and rather than having to go through the normal channels they were able to kind of just come to us and and allow us to to sort of do what we do with carriers too which is rather than you be on hold with Kaiser you know you you come to us and you talk to us about something that's going on and we we try to make it make
0: it so you don't have to do that that's the name of the game and mm-hmm. the name of our game too. I love it. So and when you when you look at the spectrum of choices for a startup, there's PEOs, which is like TriNet, Just Works, those folks. You have someone like Gusto who's becoming your broker, and then you have someone like Rippling who's becoming your broker, I think, or they're letting you work with your existing broker like you folks. How does that play out? Like kind of what's the best option for startups?
2: I'll give you our biased opinion yeah. on that. You know, we what we think is that yeah, and I think, I think that you even were the first person that kind of, we've heard this from as far as a, um, a, a channel partner kind of group, but you realize that sometimes people get need a more customized solution, benefits kind of aren't one size fits all, um, and, and usually the model that, that sort of keeps a, a traditional broker outside of it is usually going to kind of run on that Modus operandi of we can just again check the box, just just do it, um, as opposed to really think putting thought into it. I think one of the things we look at is don't just think about the here and now, today. I mean, you're a startup, you're trying to get to someplace. Think about where you're going to be in the future, where you're going to be tomorrow, uh, and set up everything in a way that's going to be conducive to growing in that direction. Because we see a lot of times with again with a solution that sort of is is anti anti traditional broker they're usually going to be it's usually a more short, short-sighted gain and if you end up having to change when you're a 50 person company and business is cooking it's a lot more difficult than just getting things set up right when you're a 5 person,
0: you know, group of just founders. For sure. And I think also just adding on to that like remote team members has really made things a lot more complex. So it definitely makes sense to sit down with folks with your expertise and actually customize something. It's not that no, no startup is exactly alike. No startup is plain Jane. And like you said, they're all working really, really hard to go somewhere. And so why not do it right to begin with? And also help your recruiting, like uh, being able to track the best engineers will actually really help your company accelerate
1: absolutely that's why we like rippling so much is their ability to grow with the, with the client if the client grows from 10 to 15 to 100 yep. uh, rippling is a perfect model for that yeah
0: it's a I like that company quite a bit let's talk about like you guys have been incredibly generous for your time so thank you for coming by but what are what are some of like the the punch list for a ceo as as they come on to cruise we start setting them up what are the core things they need to think about and core decisions they should discuss with you guys over their benefits when we're talking about their benefits and other stuff.
1: Well, I think for myself and Dylan, it's more of asking if we were to be here three years from today, where do you see yourself at? Yeah, where, you know, how many more people am I going to have out of state? Am I in state? Am I recruiting from the fangs? Who am I recruiting from? How much am I going to have offshore, international? Where do you see the self company at? So we can position it in the right way now. Again, it's like on the employer contribution; everyone gives 100% for employees. We prefer 90, 95, or 100%, and just charging a small fee. But I don't want to, as Dylan mentioned earlier, I don't want to have to go back if there's a downturn and ask the employee to give more because it's giving them a pay cut.
0: I, I totally get that. Thank you so much for coming by and discussing this. This is, like, super technical. And it's. I wanted to have you guys on because I wanted our startup CEOs to be able to hear it from you guys and explain it. And thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Can you tell everyone where they can find AIS and and how to reach out?
2: Yeah, A E I S. We're we're in downtown San Mateo. Phone number definitely the website
0: 6234 three
2: four eight six two three four. I'm at extension thirty. Ron's at extension twelve. Uh, our website is A E I S Advisors. Advisors spelled A D V I S O uh, R S dot
0: com. Awesome, Ron. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Appreciate thank you, you guys Scott. You guys have a great day. Thank, awesome. you. Thank,
2: Thank, you. You. Thank you. So
0: when your troubles are mountain, in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends. It's cruise consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty. Ohm.